0: The mayors are not happy. That's the bottom line. They're saying it's time to at least have a conversation. But let's get to work on some stuff here. We have a water management crisis here in Whatcom County, in the Nooksack River Basin, it's time to stop talking and start doing, and it's also time Washington state leaders to stop doing things that stand in the way of fixing the actual problems. That's the message uh, in a new letter to uh, top state leaders, including the heads of the Department of Ecology, the Department of Natural Resources, Fish and Wildlife, and Agriculture, from the mayors of Sumas, Everson, Nooksack, Linden and Ferndale. Uh, he's been on Seattle TV news and and in uh, news coverage all over the state and beyond in the last few days, including on uh, King TV. Last night, uh, Linden Mayor Scott Courtheis joins us right now on the Farming Show here on KGMI. Did I mention I'm, I'm Dylan Honk, by the way? I'm glad you're with me here on a Saturday morning. Uh, Mayor Courtheis, explain what, what's... What's this all about? This sounds very um, much something that I uh, and and the farming community agrees with.
1: Well, first, Dylan, let's back up. Good morning, and I hope you're having a great day so far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, Thanks for and, being uh, here. Yeah, it is. It's enjoyable to be here. Thanks for inviting me to your show this morning. And, and I'm looking forward to talking about this because it's pretty important to our community. And it, yes, the um, the mayors of the small cities of northern Washington County and, and Ferndale uh, sent a letter in. Basically outlining that, you know, we have uh, a really uh, a major problem on the Nooksack River, uh, and it's it's a dual problem. Too much water in the fall, typically, in November, or maybe in the spring during runoff, yeah. and then surprisingly, too little water during the months of August and September. Mm-hmm. And, it's, it, and both of them aren't good for our fish, they aren't good for our farmers, they aren't good for our communities. Um, And meanwhile, we continue to look the other way and don't worry about it. So we decided as leaders in these communities, let's let's write a letter to the agencies that that can likely make a difference And, and, and at least to start a collaborative talk. With them and the other uh, influential people in our community, including uh, the county with the executive, and including the tribes, the Lummies and the Nooksacks, we want mm-hmm. and, and really we want to get uh, the Canadians, the uh, Mayor Braun from Abbotsford, and uh, anyone from anyone from that area, the Sumas uh, Prairie Basin, anybody that will is willing to come and listen. We we need to to work on a solution here.
0: You know, looking at this letter, um, there's a lot I resonate with and a lot that I've been talking about similarly along these lines. Of course, you know, some of your colleagues uh, in the other small cities were hit even harder than the city of Linden. I imagine they're probably almost still – people shouldn't forget, people not close to Sumas and Everson and Nooksack, folks there are still trying to rebuild or decide. you know, some people still having to make hard decisions on whether they are going to rebuild or can rebuild. Well, here, here's <laughs> – I, 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 I'm going to interrupt, Ellen, yeah. Lill, Dylan, in, in Sumas
1: – Today, 75% of the homes are still unoccupied because of the flooding that occurred almost 3 months ago. 75%. So they have 5 to 600 homes, 450 of those homes are unoccupied today, waiting for rebuild. And I think I think the other communities we we're all doing relatively fine and thinking the crisis is past, but the crisis is still here. For the vast majority of these people in these communities.
0: We cannot forget that and forget what people are still yep. going through as we speak in those yep. communities. And so much has been lost And so it's no surprise that right away, uh, mayors in those cities and you joined them and, you know, Ferndale was hit as well. Um, You know, all these mayors now speaking out, but right away they they were talking about, we need to do something. You know, not doing something is not an option. There has to be something. Of course, the question now is what to do. What do you, as the mayors of the small city caucus, technically that's what this group is. It's sending this letter. Yep. And again, we're here on the Farming Show on KGMI. Dylan Honkoop here talking with uh, Linden Mayor Scott Courtheis. What are you uh, you and your, your mayor colleagues <clears throat> suggesting needs to be done here? Well, we're looking for both short-term
1: and long-term solutions. And well, one of the short-term solutions is, um, well, let's back up a yeah. little history. Sure. Uh, the Nooksack River, we've had three... Three major floods in the past two years, um, and it seems to be happening on a more regular occurrence. And we and we go, what's going on? Well, yeah. we talk to the experts, and the experts have been watching a sediment slug moving down the Nooksack River for the past 15 or 20 years. Hmm. And that slug made its way through Deming, made its way through Cedarville and now is parked right around Everson. And when that slug comes through, it moves the bottom of the river up a bit. So
0: we've heard about, you know, there's a lot of sediment and what is the Nooksack, one of the biggest sediment producing um, outflows on the west coast from what I've heard. And it's an ongoing problem. We've heard how it hasn't been dealt with now for 30 years with you know the, the changes in regulation on sediment removal. But you're saying this is above and beyond even just the normal set what makes a slug like that what's the story there? well
1: I, I the story is from i'm told I, we have a young volcano and young volcanoes shed a lot of rock for a long time and mm. then maybe there's a slide up somewhere i think it came down the north fork and some slide occurs uh, and then you get this this Uh, sediment material moving down the river and and it's in Everson today. It will be in Linden in so many years and it'll be in Ferndale in so many years and we're going to be continuing Mm -hmm. to deal with this. Well the problem with it in, in Everson is that the natural flow of the Nooksack River is, of course, to Bellingham Bay now. But the um, the headwaters for the Fraser River are a stone's throw from the banks of the Nooksack River in Everson. So when the when the water rises and goes over the bank, it doesn't just spread out and 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 wait to flow back into the Nooksack. It heads off to the Fraser, and that's where we're running into a big problem right now. And 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 it was a real problem for Whatcom County. Let's not. Discount this. I mean, Everson, Nooksack, Sumas—we've we've encountered probably a hundred million dollars worth of damages in Whatcom County due to the flood.
0: I believe BC, that uh, the numbers that yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, earlier, yeah. I thought were were crazy low. <laughs>
1: yeah, but BC say it says they lost a billion dollars, wow. and so uh, yeah. So when you consider the fact that we sent. Uh, significant quantities of water through Sumas into British Columbia and flooded them out and caused their agriculture and other industries severe damage. They're also looking to us, going, uh, "Hey, uh, Whatcom County, what are you what are you doing to solve this Nooksack River problem?" Yeah. And so we have to work with our Canadian neighbors as well as other people to to to, to strive for a solution here that works for them for us. For all of the entities at the table, um, there's got to be a solution out there somewhere.
0: Uh, yeah, and talk about that. What what's on the table so far? You guys so, generally so, mentioned well, some things one, in your one,
1: Yeah. Well, one. Yeah. There's. I'm gonna. Uh, let's. One thing I will say for certain. There's no silver bullet. There's no one thing that's gonna solve this problem. We want to do multiple approaches and try multiple things to see if we can minimize. Uh, the flooding and maybe maximize in stream flow in, in the off season times. And so, one, one solution is storage. So, there's two types of storage that are available uh, managed aquifer recharge, uh, it, it's an acronym known as MAR, uh, managed aquifer recharge. What you do in high flow times is you take water out of the river and you pump it off site maybe a quarter mile or a half mile, whatever the whatever the scientist determines is the proper distance, and they pump that water back in the ground. It goes into the groundwater, and then the goal is to have it come back to the river in, you know, three to six months, depending on where you put it. So that when it gets back to the river, it's joining the river in August and September, the low Mm -hmm. flow times. So that's a very creative way to get water out of the river when you don't want it and into the river when you do want it. So you're and saying it's been-
0: there's more ways to do this water storage idea than just a traditional reservoir or water retention yeah. facility.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, that is correct. Now, we take out a little bit of water all the time when we do it this way, which is great, and it solves – it's a piece of the puzzle. Now, another piece is the piece you just mentioned, a typical reservoir. Reservoirs are probably harder to implement because it does affect salmon, but I will remind everyone that if you drive up to Mount Baker, you go past Nooksack Falls. Now, salmon are good, but they don't go up the falls. So if you would put a reservoir above the falls, you don't affect the salmon runs. So, so there are p- potentially areas above Nooksack Falls on the North Fork of the Nooksack that would be potential storage areas. And what you would need to do is, I'll, I'll use the term, clip off the high flows. So mm. in round numbers, when in Cedarville, if you have... 45 to 50,000 cubic feet per second going past. It's it's marginal, but not a flood event. When you start exceeding those numbers, it's a flood event. And we've seen numbers as high as say 65,000. So if you could clip off that 15,000 cfs, 15,000 cubic feet per second for the flood event, which is typically 30 hours. Uh, We've done the math, and it would roughly take uh, 70,000 acre feet of storage, which is a lot of storage. But there are are valleys up there in the Nooksack uh, region that probably could handle that. The question is, can we take it off fast enough to solve the problem? Mm -hmm. And those are things that would have to be studied. And so that's a long-term solution, a longer-term solution to the problem. Plus, you'd have a reservoir then that you could augment in stream flows in the summer when when we need more water in the river
0: well that's why i've been so interested in that idea as crazy as some people have told me they think it is i've been saying no if you look at the big picture this kills two birds with one stone we as as big as it sounds as you know out there and so hard to tackle because like you say it's long term it's a big huge idea and project multiple projects um, it bears serious examination because of the benefits it could bring both on the high and low water end of things so that's one thing that I've been saying let's at least look at it because often that idea is just dismissed out of hand either by people who say well no it would cause harm um, or by people who say oh, well it's just never going to pass muster you know i might think it's a good idea but no one's ever going to agree to it well hold on yeah. now you know let, let's actually <laughs> consider it and and i yeah. would say to you know beyond what you were saying about minimizing impact to salmon of course that's very important uh, uh, what we're talking about here also though is a, a, an idea like that and its benefit for salmon and so Maybe this isn't popular, but one of the questions I think needs to be asked is not just how could something like that harm salmon. I think we need to be asking if we don't do something like that, how will salmon be harmed? And then compare the two and look for a a net ecological gain here. Right. We have, we have. Stories of salmon
1: being, you know, stuck in the streets of Sumas. I mean, that's probably not a good place for salmon to end no. up. And 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 we'll probably experience something in two to five years with a low um, spawning rate up the up the Nooksack because these fish were lost in the floods. Floods aren't good for fish either. So, um, yeah, we have to we have to balance when we talk about these things. You know, how much harm are we doing by doing what we're doing today? and is it net benefit or net loss if we do certain things in the future
0: and th- and that's the has to be the way we evaluate this rather than <laughs> you know as i've been saying with all this letting the perfect be the enemy of the good you say you know it causes one small you know bit of you know some problem here but it creates a much <laughs> larger benefit over here we need to be able to add that up and say it's more important that we gain that benefit even with s- you know, anything you do has yep. collateral repercussions, positive yep, and negative.
1: Yep. yep. So you so so storage solutions is one, and then uh, diversion is another one. Now n- there's not been a lot of talk about that, but let's let's not forget that uh, the city of Bellingham ha- has a diversion had a diversion dam up yeah. on this Middle Fork, but the, the the infrastructure of the pipe and those things still remain. Now, possibly in a high flow event, could we? divert water through that into Lake Whatcom. Now, Lake Whatcom may be in the same problem and you can't put extra water in it during these types of events, but it's something, again, that at least should have, we should have dialogue on. So those are, storage is kind of, diversion is kind of storage because you're putting it in a different place. But all right, so we'll leave the storage one behind us now. Now let's look at potentially levees okay so what can yep. we do with levees yep. uh can we should we broaden the levees that exist today and make the channel wider so so before the flood event the main channel is carrying more water for a while um, and that might solve some of the, the lower flood events that are causing issues today, but didn't in the past. So that's, that's one thing, because as this yeah. debris moves down the river, the river bottom moves up maybe a little bit. So maybe we just need more capacity in the channel and making the levees either widening them or making them taller could be a solution and, and I've and also again, heard
0: talk of some spots maybe making them lower to make the water at least if it's going to flood go to different places
1: that, and that's a good yeah another solution is yeah do you you divert it to low land areas that you don't mind flooding I mean yeah. it, it yes yeah, so that's so uh levy movement, and then what, uh, a temporary, I mean, really temporary solution is if you go down Emerson Road today, there's a temporary levy on Emerson Road that if it would flood right now, we would send less water through Everson, through Nooksack, and through Sumas and into Canada because there's this tem- temporary levy in place. And I, I think the temporary levy… It's, it's one of these things that people will go, well, that won't do anything. And, and, and I'm going, well, if we don't ever try anything, we won't know if it won't do anything. So, so here we are, we're going to try something. And, and then, and then another leg of this thing is what else can we do? Well, sediment removal. So if all this sediment's coming down the river, can we remove it efficiently, effectively and ecologically so that it doesn't cause more harm than good. And, um, and so, if we look at sometimes how natural channels form on rivers like the Nooksack, can we use some natural occurrence and maybe start it with uh, man made sediment removal? Now, I'm not talking sediment out of the river, we're talking sediment on the banks of the river on the, on the exactly. bars where it's up high and dry in the summer months, and you remove this and you, you encourage the river to channelize in a direction that will help your flood flows in the winter and so we have hydrologists taking a look at a variety of paths or things that would help with this and as we look at these things we we're all learning and they're helping us understand you know when you um you squeeze the balloon over here it pops out over there Mm -hmm. well when we remove gravel over here what happens over here and so i mean as soon as even when we put up this temporary levee on emerson road people downstream are going you're going to send us more water we're going to flood out and, and the hydrologists take a look at it, and they said, look, under the Everson Bridge, it might go up by a foot. But beyond that, it's tenths of a foot. Well, a tenth of a yeah. foot is a little over an inch. And, and, okay, we can handle that downstream. So, okay, we're, we're fine. And so communities like Linden, communities like Ferndale, communities like the Lummi, Lummi Nation yeah. don't want more water. But, you know, one inch probably won't bother them. Yeah, are, I, I, it, you know, so um, yeah, so those are so many things. Yeah, and that's what I, you know, I, like I said, no silver bullet. Yeah. Where there's got to be a multi pronged approach to this thing. So that as we get out there and start trying a few of these things and seeing what works and doesn't work, and we and we monitor what's. What the downstream effects of all these things are—that yep. that we're doing the right thing for our communities and for our environment.
0: Yeah, some studying needs to be done, but let's do pilot projects. Let's get yep. things happening yep. and study it while it goes, yep. rather than yep. wait yep. for more and more decades. That that has been going on, and yep. to continue to do the same thing and expect different <laughs> results—not a very good idea. I think everyone should agree sure. on that. Uh, Linden Mayor Scott Courtheis with us on the farming show. Just a few seconds left, you know, even mentioning that you know sediment removal thing, that's something that I've been talking about. For people to understand the difference between that and dredging, dredging being taking um, sediment, gravel, dirt, whatever, out below the waterline has likely less benefit and much more harm and problems associated with it, but taking sediment out above the waterline in the summertime, that has much less potential to cause harm and can likely be a pretty big win but there again I've been frustrated it's been dismissed out of hand time and again oh we can't do that it's bad well it's dredging well no it's not really dredging and we get lost in the semantics and people don't know what they're talking about and it's like hold on here let's have an honest conversation rather than get caught chasing our tail and not ever getting anything done because we can't even agree on the terms and what we're trying to accomplish and let's be honest you know something may cause some small problem here again net what's the net gain but it may cause a much larger benefit over here both need to be considered we don't ignore the harm but we also don't ignore the positives as well we have to do that to, to deal with this honestly
1: yep and you started your program talking about the frustration of the mayors and part of the frustration is is if you go back into the 70s and then the 80s, 90s, a lot of studies have been done and a lot of things have said, let's take a look at the river and start to manage it in a different way. And we keep studying it and we keep studying it. And we look at them and there's some of the same recommendations keep coming up, but nothing ever gets done. And that's why our letter to the agency is, all right, let's work together. And start to start a dialogue. We need a dialogue where we can start to work together towards a solution that works for our communities as well as the environment and everybody else.
0: Yeah, and and also recognizing, and it's it's mentioned in the letter as well that you know the state's desire for a big uh, water rights adjudication does nothing but get in the way of really solving this issue. Um, it answers some questions that are much lower on the priority list right now um, than protecting families. Fish and farming, uh, we don't have time to get into all that. But again, Lyndon Mayor Scott Court Heiss uh, speaking uh, for the the other mayors, his colleagues in uh, Ferndale, Nooksack, Everson, and Sumas, all sending this uh, important letter to state leaders in Olympia. Thanks for sharing with us here on the program what's going on, and thanks for the work that you're you're putting into this issue. I'm sure the you know the mayors uh, in those other cities that are are more hard hit are thankful that you're out. They're able to talk about this because they, I'm sure, still have their hands f- very, very full uh, with what's happening there. Thanks
1: again, Dylan. Appreciate you having me on today, and and let's hope this gets some traction. We're looking forward to results in the next uh, months. We hope.